You're listening to the punk rock demonstration. We're out here in Pomona, California, with the band Antagonizers ATL. What's your name and what do you do in the band? Richard, play guitar, backing vocals. Caw-caw! My name is Billy. I'm actually a crow and a human. And I um, play human. bass. I play bass, as you can tell by the color of my skin. I'm a bass player. <laughs> I'm Eric. I play drums and do backups. And then we've got a missing person over here in this empty seat. Yeah, we need a, um, a milk carton with his face on it or something. Um, yeah, Bo. Bo, he's in there running merch right now uh, in between bands. So he'll be joining us here in a minute. He's about six foot one, smells like a turd, and he is a very well-spoken gentleman. So right now is about the time where we can talk all sorts of stuff about him before he enters. Oh, we'll do it once he gets here, too. <laughs> well, there ain't no shame in our game. So is this your first time in California? Several times. Um, I think this might be our fourth or fifth time. Something like that. Yeah. You guys brought the fires over here this <laughs> no, time. They were here before we got here. They were here. They were here. Blame it on the damn yeah, we, yeah, Yeah, we didn't start the fire. It was always burning since the world's been turning. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So the band name Antagonizers with an ATL at the end, has it always been with the ATL? What's the significance of that? Bo had a previous version of Antagonizers in uh, Durham, North Carolina, where, where um, the band originally started. Then he moved down here, uh, down to Atlanta, and um, we, we kind of just uh, went from there, kind of revamped the sound a little bit and wanted to do something a little different. So we added ATL just to kind of differentiate the two bands. You know, it's not, not anything major. Well, it's kind of major because he kept getting his ass kicked in North, and when he was in North Carolina, he'd get his ass kicked all the time, so he needed a tougher band. So he went to Atlanta so that, you know, when he when he got into fights, he would have people who really had his back, you know what I mean? Because we, you know, we whoop ass down in Atlanta. We, you know, that's, how we that's how we do it. We just whoop ass. And then we then we ask questions, and then we, you know, see if we can make the peace after we get finished whooping ass, you know? So isn't Atlanta and Georgia and South Carolina a little far away? How did the whole band end up in Georgia? Well, you know, I mean, I've, I've been playing music for, for years, years and years. And, uh, you know, I've known Bo for a long time. So it's just, you know, he moved down for work and, you know, uh, family stuff. He moved his family down there. So, you know, he kind of got in touch with me and we just kind of went from there. So, so you know, from, from me, you know, we got Billy and uh, Eric in on it. And then we just kind of took it from there, really. It was, it was fairly simple. It just kind of had, kind of just came together. When did this band, this new Antagonizers ATL, start? We got started sometime around 2011, like towards the end of 2011. You mentioned the style changed a little bit. Can you elaborate on that? We put more old school in it, more soul, I guess. Uh, I don't really know how to explain it. it we, we, we put our songs in it, and uh, we weren't doing the old band's songs, uh, and so since it was a different sound, we decided to we change a couple of the old band songs. We kind of reworked them a little bit. Right. Yeah, I had a little bit more of a rock and roll flavor to it because I'm, you know, I'm more into like the bluesy, like '70s rock and roll kind of stuff. So I wanted to add a little bit of that element to what what Bo was already doing and uh, see what we could come up with with that. So any particular meaning behind antagonizers and why recycle the same name and add an ATL and instead of start a new or put a new name to it? That's a good, good name question. too. 
It's a really good name. You know, it's hard to start over, though. He had al- they had already gained a lot of ground, open for a lot of good people. They had their name out there. They had some seven inches and in records out. So I guess he didn't want to start from scratch, you know, even though the sound is almost from scratch. And But when we started, to be fair, we played a lot of songs that were written by, you know, the pussies in his other band <laughs> who couldn't kick anybody's ass. But they wrote some good songs, even though they weren't good fighters, you know. But fighting... The word, life isn't about fighting, you know. Sometimes you have to be creative, and they did do that for the most part, you know. And we picked up on some of that. And after we got finished whooping ass, we worked on their songs and made them better. And Justin Bieber helped. Well, Justin Bieber told us that since Outkast broke up, we needed to add some more fire, you know, coming out of the ATL region because Outkast had quit. And, you know, who was going to carry that torch? And since Bodon moved down there, we figured antagonizers ATL, you know, we pick up where Outkast left off, you know. So we're real fresh and real clean. <laughs> so when did antagonizers stop and then antagonizers ATL begin? That, now that's that's a better fielded question from Bo for Bo. I think I think that you know that he had some time away from him. I think maybe maybe a year or two where the dust had settled. But I could be wrong on that particular. That's that's more of a boat on question. But I, I want to say that they they had they had not been playing music regularly for you know a year or two, if I'm correct. He also told a story where he would drive eight hours from Atlanta to Durham, and uh, and and I guess not enough was being produced to justify that, so they just called it quits. Plus, they were getting their ass kicked so much they had to recover before they could play. So sometimes it would take months between shows because they'd get their ass kicked so bad they get their ass handed to them. But we, th- but that right never now. happens to us. So you know we can keep rolling because we roll with the punches. You know what I'm saying? Sounds like we need to take a break before we let him speak. <laughs> so let's let's take a listen to a song. We'll fill him in on we'll fill him in on how much crap we talked about him after we play a song. Let's take a listen to a song by Antagonizers ATL now. It's called Hold Your Ground. Is that off the album Hold Your Ground? Um, it's on the album. It's on the it's on the EP. It's also on our um, on our um, debut LP, um, Working Class Street Punk. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, but uh, it was initially released as a seven inch. Okay, so let's take a listen to that song. It's called Hold Your Ground off of the Working Class Street Punk album from Antagonizers ATL, and we'll be back. This is not a sad story. It's just life.
to do He said, pick up that shit, stick out that chest Knock a lot, be a better than the best Give up hell, boy, and give some more Try to run up, run up, turn my back And I hit her first, before you can attack It's not a crime, and I just laugh back that was pressure by antagonizers atl you're listening to the punk rock demonstration we're out here in pomona california with the band antagonizers atl and bose just joined us so that way he can elaborate on how antagonizers became antagonizers atl well first when did antagonizers end and when did it become antagonizers atl i don't even really know that answer <laughs> put on a spot um whatever richard said is probably true and, uh, but he said that Bo was the one that was supposed yeah, to answer yeah, that. How long have we been together? How long? For seven years. Okay, so the band was defunct for about a year, kind of. Me and Richard was drinking one night, 
And uh, uh, drink, I forgot where we were drinking at. And I and I what happened is antagonizers the old lineup. We recorded uh, uh, recorded songs, and I flew in. They recorded songs. I flew into North Carolina to do the vocals, and then my uh, allergies <laughs> kicked in. And literally on the second song of a two a, a two day paid for studio session, paying, my plane fares paid, my hotels paid, and the studios paid. And they recorded the music. I go to drop down the vocals, and boom, my vocals are gone. Mm-hmm. So I end up leaving a session with eight songs with no vocals and I sat dormant like that and then him and me were talking like hey let's go ahead and polish it up and and do something with it so he did some guitar work on it we got Tuck from the Biters to help produce it and then uh, I just laid vocals to it and that's kind of really how the band started and there's a a CD out there EP called Just My Luck and there's those songs but when the band finally when he brought everybody together and Billy's original member and uh, uh, everybody basically and uh, um, except for Mark I say, and yeah, right, it's true. For a while, but he had other other things going on um, with his wife getting sick at the time, you know. Yeah, so rest, you know, rest in peace. His his wife died. Yeah, she was a sweetheart from a brain cancer, and so Mark had to bow out. But uh, after that, anyway, we we took some of those songs, we wrote them, and we labeled it a ATL and all new logo, all new label, and. And just relaunched the band totally, and kind of left the roots in the uh, in the dust, and uh, started fresh and new. So. So we're wondering when this transition happened, and. In 2011. This was the almanac. We got to have the dates. I want to say May of 2010. Well, I want to say May of 2010, or 11. No, it was 11. It was 11. Okay, is kind of when it happened, and you know, this again, it started off over a beer, and it's kind of fuzzy. Yeah. If I think about it. It was 2011, though. (laughs) So that, I know it wasn't 2010, because I know, remember that year. That's a hallmark year for me. Once what happened, made, Billy? I got shot in the face. Well, 2010, true. September or something like that, 2010. and that, So that was his next year. Bulletproof Billy over here. This is true. Yeah. But, we, but we never looked but back. you heard my mouth, right? So you know why I got shot, right? You heard me <laughs> talking, right? Because <laughs> he talked some shit. <laughs> <laughs> but we never looked back since then. You know, what we did is uh, we did our first first shows out of the gate as a band and we went back to Durham, North Carolina. We played in front of all, uh, what I did is I had all the guys that was in the band in the the past and all the new bands, they all played on stage with us and then that was the launching of the band. We've never looked back since. It's been antagonized to ATL, no question about it. It's not even close to the same band as what it was before. What it was before was cool and it was great and it worked for what it was, but this band has always steamed forward ahead since then. And there you go. We've probably got about 200 shows under our belt since then, if not more. Where did you find all of these people, and why the move, or how did you get them to, well, first, were they from Georgia, or did you all move from yeah, North we, Carolina? we all live in Georgia. He moved from North Carolina, and we just kind of went from there. Like, it was, like, first off, it was me and me and him doing, you know, I went down and laid down. That's Bo some, that you're talking yeah, about? Me and Bo, you know, I laid down some guitar tracks on, on the on a pre-existing recording, you know, I wanted to church it up a bit. Um... So we went from there, and then you know we recruited uh, Eric and Billy, and went asked from there. Eric asked me to play because he thought that he would have his lifelong dream of getting to sleep with a black man, but I wouldn't. <laughs> but I wouldn't put out. But I just play bass. Said. I just play bass. I don't, you know, I don't want to really talk to any dudes or anything. But. See, I I talked Billy into <laughs> it. Richard talked me into it. He did. I kept running into Billy at the Thunderbox rehearsal space in Atlanta. Okay. And asking him, do you still play punk rock? He was like, yeah, I'd love to play some punk rock. That's awesome. It's true. That is how that happened. Yeah. How did you guys get into punk rock? I can't even remember. I mean, it's... I remember I bet it, mine. it was called the 1980s. I ran away from home 
and I ran into this group of people that were listening to the Dead Kennedys and living across the street from um, a warehouse. They actually listened to the more than the Dead Kennedys, but that was the band I liked that they listened to. So then I, I was hooked after that. I stayed there, hung out, made friends, listening, got turned on to more music. But that was a long time ago, like in 84, 85, 84, 85, something like that. Yeah. And somehow it stuck with you, and then you started a band up, and then now you're playing in antagonizers. I did not stick with you. What do you mean somehow it stuck with me? Like, <laughs> well, well, I mean. It's a way of life. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a way of life. This is true. This is, uh, for me, I, I lived in Cleveland at the time, and I was you know, kind of like him. I, I was kind of hitting running away, just, you know, kind of issues and shit. But um, I, get, you know, I was into the whole typical shit back then, you know, Circle Jerks, Black Flag, uh, Dead Kennedys, Ramones, Sex Pistols, Misfits, Sam Hain, that kind of shit. And then uh, I did that for a while, and but then I got you get new kids on the block. Well, definitely new kids on the block. That, that was, was later I, than well. That's I, I used well, to go to bed with that, with their album under my pillow. New kids on the block. Now it's Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah, and then and then I, and then, I, then I got into hardcore, and then I got into hardcore really hard in uh, in Cleveland, and then hardcore learning turning like Skins and hardcore, uh, Murphy's Law, Crow Mags, Warzone, Gnostic Front. That's why I got into a heavy. I moved into New York, and I got introduced to some serious Oi and UK punk. Um, and when I was living in uh, Georgia City and hanging out in, in Manhattan, and then from that point forward, it was just like full steam forward. I was just into it diehard. You just always want to get more. You always want to get more and hear this and hear that and where this person come from. And there's this band, but he used to be in this band. So now you're looking for this band. We want to hear that band because you like this band and and steamrolls you know, this and that. That was all pre-internet too, so it was so much different than it is now. Cassette tapes, you know. I mean, cassette I remember, tapes. I remember the. I think the first first punk punk cassette I ever bought was Minor Threat and I was just like looking through you know just because I, I was young then so it was like the album art kind of got me and that kind of spoken to me and I remember the f first time I listened to that I was like man this is like the this is it right here this is sure. the fastest most heartfelt shit I've ever heard even though I'd heard way faster stuff it was just something about it and just from there I just kind of went down that rabbit hole I was having exploited at one point in time, I couldn't help it. Like dogs of war, dogs of war, and they're after you. Yeah. Bomb the yeah. army. I mean, that's, yeah. that shit spoke out to me hard. You know, fucking Waddy, <laughs> marble mouth Waddy. And I remember too, cause I was like, you know, Mr. Like big American skin and shit. And then I remember he came over here, and he had that, and like really fucked up my senses because he had that song "Fuck the USA." Right. And I was like embarrassed that like they exploited, but then I was like this American skin, and like, and then and it sounded like well, I can't listen to the song "Fuck the USA." You when know, he was in Atlanta, he was scared to play it. Not right. scared, he, he just was. asked like, "Should I play yeah, this song?" For them, uh, I was in another band at the time that opened for him. And yeah, we were talking about that at my house afterwards uh, before before I had to get everyone to go because of all the drugs being <laughs> being dumped out on the table. You know, um, yeah, he, he was he was very afraid to even try to play that song in Atlanta. Does anybody know? Just out side notes. Anybody know how that song was written or what it was written about? Not really. Besides uh, speculation, because be, I. I want to say it was the Americanization of Britain because the Clash had a song also. Uh, I'm so bored with you is what it was originally called and then Mick Jones changed it to uh, I'm so bored with the USA. So I have a I have a if you don't mind real quick I have a theory of what I think it was really about. See after we did our first tour in Europe last year and we went over to Europe and we're not a big band and we got treated like we got treated like gold. I'm talking about free booze, free alcohol, free food, clothes, you know, bedding. I mean you come over they roll up the red carpet for you. And uh, uh, full smorgasbords behind and at the clubs. The clubs have apartments for you. I mean, we got treated like gold in Europe. And our first tour there, and I'm like, 
I think that's what it was because they're so used to getting treated like gold in Europe. They came over to America and got treated like shit. <laughs> and, all that, and all the dive clubs and they just give you American pizza. They don't give you anything to drink. I, say, <laughs> I may have had that song before they even ever came so to the U.S. Sleep <laughs> sleep outside in sleeping bags. Sleeping bags. They're like, what yeah. the fuck is this, man? <laughs> fuck the U.S.A. <laughs> that's what I think happened. <laughs> but it's probably that he couldn't kick anybody's ass in the U.S.A. because every time he come over, he get beat it beat down and shit you know because they you know they're wusses you know that they're from they're from england <laughs> so after they get those beat downs you know they're like fuck the usa man i'm not going back there <laughs> you know. shit. sounds like we need to take a listen to a song before we talk some more crap about that oh <laughs> so let's take a listen uh, i'm sure why he's good sport he knows we're messing around it's a, sure. it sounds we're like scared now, y'all. I don't want him to beat us up we might go back you know i ain't scared of white <laughs> It sounds like the song "Bad Situation" would be a good, yeah, yeah, good yeah, song yeah, to get into now. Any, uh, what's that song all about? Since we're talking about meanings okay. of songs. Okay, this is bad. Uh, <laughs> this is a bad situation. All right, so are you <laughs> I put me on the spot. So, "Bad Situation" is I won't get into details, but it's about someone that <laughs> someone, someone, someone that has a girlfriend that constantly hanging out with other people and, 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 and having you hang out with their girlfriend. Hey, go hang out with so-and-so. Take, you know, I'm going out, so do me a favor and take her out to the clubs, take her out to the bars, you know, go, uh, and, and, and I constantly kept pawning off the girlfriend on me. Well, me and a girlfriend started became like we're good friends. But before you know it, we became a lot closer to good friends because we're hanging out all the damn time. <laughs> it was just a bad situation. And that's what the lyrics are about. It's like started off having fun, didn't care for anyone, but I didn't know what I was getting to. Hanging out every night, kept you in my sight. I mean, it's just like... I'm just in a bad situation, man. <laughs> That's it. And then, like, the next day you come to hang out, and they're the army, you know, lovey-dovey. And it's like, but in the meantime, like, I know that dude's, like, fucking other girls, okay? And, like, and, the, and he's, like, pawning, constantly pawning off his girlfriend so he go hang out with other girls. Well, like, it was a bad situation, dude. <laughs> bad situation. Now I'm in a bad situation. <laughs> Sounds like a perfect song to get into now. There this song is by Antagonizers ATL. We're out here in Pomona with the band Antagonizers ATL. Choice, hang on through the boys. Now I've been downtown, not very young. What am I to do? 
That was Just My Luck by Antagonizers ATL. We're out here with Antagonizers ATL in Pomona. You're listening to the punk rock demonstration. So how many albums have you guys come out with? The Working Class album he talked about was our debut album. Our, uh, our first release was the EP uh, 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 Hold Your Ground, and that's an anti-bullying so- uh, uh, song. So that was Hold Your Ground. And then after Hold Your Ground, we had a split, right? Yep. With... Uh, with DDC, Drink and Destroy Crew out of Atlanta, the good brothers of ours. And after that, we came out with one more, right? Was so, there? Uh, with the, queers. the split with the queers. The, it was that, called Beyond the, Beyond the Valley, or no. Beyond the, the Dirty South Valley or something. Yeah, so we just split with the queers, which is kind of cool. The Oi Street Punk Band doing a, a, a split with a, a power pop, pop band. That went really well. Um, and then... Here, here's what happened with that album just give you some info we were supposed to do an uh, album release with Tang Records uh, the Mighty Tang Records out of San Diego and we did a uh, we were on a tour with Gang Green and we played San Francisco well San Francisco is the home of Pirates Press and Pirates Press subsequently was uh, uh, Longshot Records who did our first EP was out of Pirates Press like they, they, he literally ran out of the the, um, the, the factory there so that all the Pirates Press guys were there well the show went so well in San Francisco afterwards they pulled us aside and said hey we really want to put out your album and the album was already recorded so they took us back to the Pirates Press headquarters showed us the amazing layout it was to us like family and we said uh, okay <laughs> and they're pretty much the powerhouses of this type of genre of music much. and there they are I mean the Cox Bar is on their label um, Rancid does stuff with them Noise uh you name it, some you know the bigger bands are. That's th- that is the label right now in America. Um, so anyway, and that was that's the answer to your question is the album. Then we did uh, uh, we had two songs that we recorded from that same session. We just released with Warning Shot, the Warning Shots, which has the singer of the Ducky Boys from Boston, and that was our last release. Yeah, I think so. When was that? Uh, that's been out about a year now. So now. This is our last show for this year, and we're not booking any of the shows until we could go in the studio and record for our new record. We have a couple projects coming out next. Weren't you guys in a recording studio earlier when I was chatting with you guys? We were in a rehearsal studio because we haven't played the set in a couple months, and we wanted to run through the set one time before tonight. Knew there was a reason why you came down a day before the show, so that way you can practice everything actually, and play right before. Is that what's going on? Yeah, <laughs> but we actually came down a day before just to hang out and relax because we're always rush, rush, rush. And, we did a tour in Germany for two weeks. We came back the next week. We went to a fest in Chicago. It's like we're always go, 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 go. We never have a chance just to chill and take a breath. So, so, so we stopped in Palm Springs uh, to uh, tour the Betty Ford Clinic to decide whether or not we wanted to go there. And we decided, <laughs> we decided that there were a bunch of quitters, and we didn't go. <laughs> we had two quitters, right? <laughs> you guys are horrible. <laughs> I know, right? What's the best part about being in this band? Riding in the van for long hours and all the jokes. 
Kicking ass. Legal weed. Legal weed. <laughs> is that why you're in California this time playing? No, we're here to kick ass. The best part about being in this band, is that the original question? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get used to, it's like, you know. Got to think about that for a little bit. <laughs> There's so many good parts. Yeah, it is. I think traveling around and, you know, playing, you know, rock and roll, you know, all yeah, around the, all around the that's, world. That's, that's what, what it's all about, it's playing music with your friends. You, you know what I mean? People right. that are nuttier than you. Because I don't get to surround myself with, you know, nuttiness often. But If you think I'm bad, you ought to meet the guys in my band. <laughs> Where can people find more information about the band? Well, first I want to answer the question you asked them too. For me, for the um, best part of being a band, it's been able to touch and relate to other people. And I think a lot of our music and a lot of our, for me, a lot of the lyrics I write, there's not a lot of complaining going on. It's a lot of up, a lot of positive type stuff or uplifting or kind of find yourself and um, stand up when you get knocked down type shit. And that's just kind of what life is. It knocks you down, but do you get up, do you cry about it or do you get up and swing for harder? And that's kind of what a lot of the songs are about. But um, so when you're singing on stage or you're playing on stage and you're seeing other people sing along to the songs that you wrote and some of those songs might speak to them and there's been plenty of people that have told us the song Hold Your Ground has meant the world to them. People that recovered from cancer, people that were recovering drug addicts or things like that and they needed something to inspire them to move forward. Hold Your Ground was a, a pivotal song. Even today, you just never know what you're going to do or there's going to be mean to somebody. The guy pulled me aside today, came up, gave me a hug. He's like, hey, last time I saw you, you gave me a free CD and I want to let you know I was going through a lot of heavy shit in my life and I was getting I was going through divorce and I was losing my kids and just that small gesture of you giving me something free showing that you know that you're just reaching out to me just let you know that you would never know this but it meant a lot to me that it came at the right time and I get a lot of those things on a regular basis some lyrics in our songs some nice some gesture that we did or just the camaraderie that have being a band and so and and the question so being able to travel across the globe like you said and meet people in Germany and Slovakia and Czechoslovakia and Belgium or California Pomona and and they heard of us or they like us or we become friends with them it's a huge universal family that's my answer to that question so do your songs have any particular meanings or is it just like what's what is the composition of like an antagonizer's ATL song for me it's like a tattoo you just kind of know it when it's right to get it. You know, like today we were writing a song and when it just clicks, it clicks. Hold Your Ground had meaning because I was bullied as a kid and so I wrote these lyrics about it. Um, song, I've got a so song that we used to do a long time ago. It's called I'm Okay. Well, no, what's the other softer one we do? Uh, wasn't looking. You know, that was about the first time I met my, you know, my, my, my wife. Uh, uh, dead to us is about somebody that turned their back on us when we all lifted them up and always try to move this kid forward. So it's for me, most of the songs have some type of meaning from somewhere around us. You trying to talk to me? <laughs> you trying to talk to me, Barefoot Boy? So Pressure, that you heard before, is a song that Richard wrote with it's his about, old man. Yeah, I mean, that song's about, you know, the... the um the social confines, you know, the confines of being, being, you know, locked inside a social prison and fitting in, you know, it's all about, you know, it really doesn't matter. You don't have to fit in. Fuck what everyone else thinks. That's what it's about. You know, let that fucking pressure go. Actually, the, that song was written by our old band, Radio Nowhere. So that's what, that's what I was saying. So every one of our songs has some type of, some type of something, some type of mean, like, I just don't write lyrics. It's like, okay, this rhymes. Like, there's got to be something that generates or drives it forward or inspirational or something that means something to me or I want to say. So I'll probably, the band will probably cease to exist the day I have nothing to say. 
but maybe someone else, but maybe someone else will write some good lyrics. <laughs> it's always nice to hear songs that have that have nice meanings in lyrics, and it's also good to hear songs that have absolutely no meaning at all That's too. You've got to balance it out. So where can people find more information about the band? The website. Antagonizersatl.com. Facebook, Antagonizersatl. Instagram. And if you know what, if you just Google Antagonizersatl, there's like 15 pages of shit to look at. YouTube channel as well. Or you just come to Atlanta and ask somebody. We rule that city. This is true. Come come to Atlanta just to be like, you know, antagonizers. You don't even have to say anything else to be like. That's it. They'll they'll let you know. If you come anywhere in Atlanta and you say the word antagonizers, (laughs) everybody around there in the earshot will be like, ATL! (laughs) 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 The very, very beginning, we were just talking. (laughs) In the very, very beginning, we were talking about uh, the name antagonizers and why you kept with it. So any particular meaning behind antagonizers? Like, you know, nah, 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 nah. There's always kind of stirring shit up, you know? You got shit-talking Billy over here. It's always, you know, in the whole scene and the whole whatever. Everybody's always talking shit. We're always, like, just ragging on each other, talking shit to each other. I just always feel like we're kind of just antagonizing shit. You and do it poetically, though. This is true. It's, it's not just any kind of old antagonizing or any kind of old ass-whoopings, you know? We give, like, really, like, intelligent, you know, meaningful ass-whoopings. You know, reading books while kicking people in the head, reading them books while fucking just straight up knocking them in the fucking teeth with his foot. Oh, but before that, he pulls up his shirt and says, don't make me use this belt. (laughs) We want to make the world a better place and we do it one ass whooping at a time. (laughs) The best way to do it. So you've been listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration. My website is punkrockdemo.com. We've been out here with Antagonizers ATL and Pomona. Check out my website at punkrockdemo.com. Check out Antagonizers ATLs at antagonizersatl.com. Is that right? Yes. And, and, and Facebook and backslash Antagonizers ATL. And always find great pictures coming up on Instagram. We'll be coming to a town near you. We will be coming back to the West Coast, North Coast, East Coast. And yeah, we'll come back over to Europe. Just stick with us, and we'll see you soon on stage. Cool, so let's take a listen to this last song by Antagonizers ATL. It's called Dead to Us. We talked about what that was all about a little earlier. Did you want to add something? No, I, I thought it was in. Come on, Billy. Like, my, I'll show this. I did. Woo! Yeah, baby. ATL. You've been listening to the punk rock demonstration. Here's Dead to Us by Antagonizers ATL. You're dead to us, you know you're dead You're dead now 
There were some incisions with Bigger City. You're still listening to the punk rock demonstration. Before incisions, we heard that interview with Antagonizers ATL. Hopefully you enjoyed that. I just finished editing that interview with, well, just the questions with Brad, the director of that movie Punk Band, that hopefully we'll be getting that edited completely and put out. You'll find out when that broadcasts on my website, punkrockdemo.com. Right now we're going to continue with the radio show called Punk Rock Demonstration. I've got plenty more songs until the end of the show when we won't have any more songs and then you'll have to listen to either repeat or a different show. We're going to continue now with Cause of Death because I've been super pissed off lately and I figured Cause of Death would be a good band name to put on when you're pissed off. The song's called Pigs. With the fascist reasons and their law Shackle beam, they got me on my side Land of the free, you right What I love I come back and get
There's some dog company with Have a Drink. I've been having way too many of those lately, probably because I've been pissed off. The Agitators was before Dog Company. That song's called I Wanna Know. Then we heard the Harrington Saints with Working Class Friday Night and Mob Mentality with Can't Win Em All before the Harrington Saints. And I've been pissed off because of the annoying gas tax crap. And people are probably going to either disagree or agree with me, but usually I don't discuss politics. But lately it's been pissing me off beyond belief because I've been driving through town and these roads are getting smaller from like four lanes down to two lanes. And even worse, they used to be continuous and now they're not even continuous anymore. You have to make a left or right turn and then make a U-turn and then make another turn just to go onto a street that used to be straight. And all of this is being paid for by my tax dollars and supposedly to benefit where pedestrians don't get run over. But most of the time it's probably their fault that they're getting run over, probably because they haven't been looking. Otherwise, most normal people don't really get run over unless they're paying attention. So I think the real problem is probably the pedestrians and road dieting is not going to solve the world's problems. Yes, that's why I've been pissed off lately and yeah. So we're going to continue with some more punk rock so I can get less pissed off. This is Bad Company Project with Born to Lose.
Now it's time to make
some King Rat with To The Max, and then we heard some DC Fallout with Generation SOS, The Numbskulls with Enemies before that, then we heard some Rejected Youth with this H stands for Hate and Voice of Addiction with Unity, which is that interview I was talking about earlier, that interview being about Punk Band, which is a movie or a documentary about Voice of Addiction. So that should be coming on soon. We're going to continue now with more punk rock because we're doing this awesome after-interview show filled with music. This next song is by Demerit. Song's called Stronger Than Ever.
It's time for requests. To make your request on the Punk Rock Demonstration, call the Punk Rock Demonstration hotline at 209-980-PUNK. For all you people with non-punk rock phones, that number is for Violent Force. That song's called Hell is in Your Pants. And then we heard some Oi Polloi before that with Disperse. Desolation with No End in Sight was before Oi Polloi. And the Shame with Faded Glory was before Desolation. I was going to go into something about old people, but I might offend some old people, so we won't go there. We'll just play some songs you've never heard of before with this next song called Made to Order by Petty Phase. And then we'll end it all off shortly. Come 
marijuana smoking, experts point out, can make a helpless addict of its victim within weeks, causing physical and moral ruin and death. Should you ever be confronted with the temptation of taking that first puff of a marijuana cigarette, don't do it.
That was some seven years there with Here and Now, and then we heard some Singaya with Too Late. Radio 89 with Web of Hate was before Singaya, and then Te Falas with an obvious song about, you probably know what, that song's called Mr. Green. If you didn't know what that song was all about, you should probably listen to the lyrics. Seems to be a very popular topic nowadays, in addition to the Alaskan earthquake that I wonder when that's going to happen in Los Angeles and maybe make things more interesting around here. But that's a different story. We're going to continue with the punk rock demonstration and then end it all off with Unit F. I just uh, revealed the last song in the evening, but we'll continue with Nobody's Hero now. This song's called Keep Up the Fight until we get to that last song by Unit F. Oh, God. 
Some airs and graces with four corners. Shifty with a song that's brilliant, in my opinion. That song is called One Man Show. 
heard it a couple times last week and figured that we need to put it on the show because it's just stuck in my head. Isotopes was before Shifty, that's why it's called Gold Scorpion Gun, and then we heard Pistol Grip, but the Rebels are dead. Now here's the song I was talking about earlier. This song is by Unit F. The song's called Black Snake. You've been listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration. Check out my website, punkrockdemo.com. Again, that's punkrockdemo.com. Ha ha ha! 